Our road to walk then and now is copyright protected. It may not be used or sampled without the owner's written permission. Welcome to Our Road to Walk Then and Now, a podcast brought to you from Warren County, North Carolina. It's known as the birthplace of the environmental justice movement. I'm Deborah Ferruccio. And I'm Ken Ferruccio. In our last episode, The Past is Never Past, we went deeper into the conversation about how Warren County put environmental justice on the national agenda. We talked about how the concept of environmental justice as it emerged here in Warren County, and which we're chronicling in this podcast series, has been shaped over time by a local, state, and federal EPA-backed storytelling narrative based not so much on objectively documenting historical facts, but on a method that allows flexibility in subjectively remembering history. In this episode, we're going back to the events as they were unfolding as we continue to chronicle the first year of Warren County's opposition to the PCB landfill. We're sharing a condensed version of a December 1979 letter Ken wrote to the gubernatorial candidates concerning the PCB landfill and the larger issue of what to do with hazardous waste in general. Ken wanted to bring these issues before the public as part of the upcoming 1980 governor's race, and he wanted to get the specific positions of the candidates. Of course, Governor Hunt, who was running for re-election, had made his position perfectly clear on December 20, 1978, when his administration announced that public sentiment would not deter the state from buying property to bury the PCBs in Warren County. Given this announcement, we could see that the EPA public hearing that was scheduled for two weeks after the announcement on January 4, 1979, would probably be a mere cosmetic formality. Ken and I and other Warren County citizens believe that the will of the people should matter, that it must matter. So we all mounted an emergency campaign to oppose the PCB landfill. And inadvertently, we flushed out larger hazardous waste landfill industrial development plans for Warren County, plans that had been in the making behind the scenes over the past year. We learned right away that PCBs were only part of the governor's plans for Warren County. The state's Commission for Economic and Community Development had flown nine Warren County officials to Waste Management's Hazardous Waste Landfill Facility in Emile, Alabama. These Warren County officials had joined state industrial developers on a tour of the Alabama facility in order to duplicate it on a 500-acre site in the Inez community of Warren County on land owned by Governor Hunt's local campaign manager. We ask ourselves if the state's hazardous waste landfill industrial development plans could have anything to do with the Warren County Soul City Industrial Park, where some $14 million had been invested in infrastructure, supposedly the equivalent of about $87 million today. Did these hazardous waste plans also have to do with local, state, and federal funding for a $4.3 million regional waste sewage treatment plant? Was Warren County chosen for the PCB landfill and for a multi-state commercial hazardous waste landfill facility because we were poor, majority black, and so politically powerless that the governor could openly announce plans to take the county against its will? Or was Warren County politically compromised from within already? We learned in late 1978 that Warren County Manager Charles Hayes had served as past president of the North Carolina Association of Industrial Developers and that Monroe Gardner, the governor's Warren County campaign manager, 
also was a local and regional economic developer. We learned that Mrs. Eva Clayton had served as Seoul City's Director of Economic Development and was currently serving in 1979 as the Governor's Assistant Secretary of Natural Resources and Community Development. What about their political clout? As 1979 was coming to a close, and we had been unrelenting over the year in our opposition to the PCB landfill, the Hunt administration and the EPA could see that it wasn't going to be so easy to site the PCB landfill in Warren County. What we Warren County citizens could see was that the EPA was designing flexible hazardous waste disposal regulations that would legalize the Afton PCB landfill without waivers, no matter how inappropriate the soils were or how perilously close the groundwater was. In this episode, we're continuing to follow the thinking and events that were unfolding in 1979 and to share with our listeners the documented details of how Warren County's research and activist-based opposition to the PCB landfill was articulating the concept that would inform and lay the groundwork for what the Washington Post would later say was the marriage of environmental concerns with civil rights activism. By early December 1979, the state had eliminated potential alternatives to the Afton PCB landfill plan, namely the roadside in-place Weber plan, the multiple county storage plan, and the Alabama option. As far as we knew, the Jesse Riley in-place incineration plan had not been seriously considered, if it had been considered at all. This left only the Warren County Afton site. As the state narrowed the PCB cleanup options to Warren County, Confrontation would be inevitable. I had been working on an analysis with the help of input from active members of the steering committee and other concerned citizens that placed North Carolina's PCB situation within the overall national context of the hazardous waste problem in general. This analysis had led to the conclusions which we felt should be made public. In early December, Warrington businessman Al Williams invited me to address the Warrington Rotary Club concerning the PCB problem. I accepted, thinking it would be an excellent chance to present the analysis and assess it in terms of public reaction. After my presentation to the Rotary Club, attorney Frank Banzat said he tended to agree with me, but then added, you've got to get to the vote. As a possible means of accomplishing this, Frank suggested to me after the meeting that I send a copy of my analysis to the major 1980 gubernatorial candidates, Democratic Governor Jim Hunt, who was running for re-election, former North Carolina Governor Bob Scott, who was running against Hunt for the Democratic nomination, and Republican gubernatorial candidate I. Beverly Lake, Jr. Warren County citizens concerned about PCB's steering committee member Mary Hinton Carr thought this letter to the gubernatorial candidates was an excellent idea. We both agreed that a copy of the analysis entitled PCBs, Issues Without Answers, should also be sent to the candidates and to local and state news media. The purpose of the letters, which would accompany the analysis, would be to encourage the gubernatorial candidates to make the PCB issue, in particular, and the larger question of the handling of hazardous waste materials in North Carolina part of the political debate in the upcoming campaign. If we had statements in writing by the gubernatorial candidates pertaining to the PCB analysis, 
we would be able to focus public attention on the chemical waste problem right at the beginning of the election year by releasing not only the statements of the candidates, but also the committee's response to them. The committee's response to the statements would contain the essential points we wanted to communicate to the public. So, this analysis, which Candidate Lake was later to refer to as a treatise, was sent to gubernatorial candidates and to the news media on December 6, 1979. We have condensed it for our listening audience. PCBs, Issues Without Answers The state's recent announcement that the Warren County site is the only solution to the PCB problem needs to be analyzed. For example, Waste Management Incorporated, owner of the Regional Waste Depository in Alabama, claims that trucking the PCBs to Alabama is still technically feasible, but whether it is economically feasible is a political decision. The question here in Warren County is, who should be involved in making the decision of what to do with the roadside PCBs? The state has rejected the option concerning the incineration of the PCBs because of lack of facilities in North Carolina and because of the cost involved in trucking contaminated soil to states which do have PCB incinerators. Another alternative is implicit in the fact that since 10% of the land in North Carolina is owned by the government, alternative site locations must exist, which would not require changes in laws and reduction of EPA standards presently being changed to justify Warren County's unsuitable site. The state's claim that the Warren County site is the only solution imprisons us in the language of either or. The state is saying that we can't have it both ways. It is either going to have to be the Warren County site or the continuance of the PCB problem on the roadsides in North Carolina. The state has chosen to close our range of options down. It has chosen to use language not as a vehicle of liberation, but as a vehicle of bondage. Why is it that the state already has made its final decision to use the Warren County site? The industrial reasons for the selection of the Warren County site are that the site, which is already large, has a potential to expand, and its location is strategically attractive. The site presently consists of 142 acres. Since the average size of a landfill is only 15 to 17 acres, we're talking about a space equivalent to approximately eight landfills. I am informed that 200 more acres could be possibly sold eventually, a space equivalent to approximately 12 more landfills. In other words, we are talking about a potential state-owned Warren County hazardous waste landfill site consisting of 342 acres of Warren County land, a space equivalent to approximately 20 landfills. We're talking about enough land to serve as a regional and possibly national dump well into the next century. The strategic advantage of this site is that Warren County is located between two interstate highways and two railways. The seaboard coastline connects with Portsmouth, Virginia, the only port on the East Coast that, incidentally, is accepting nuclear waste from overseas. It therefore appears to us that the overall industrial plan may be to transform the Warren County site into a hazardous and other waste depository 
which would store not only regional and national nuclear garbage, and not only garbage being imported at Portsmouth, Virginia from abroad, but also the hazardous waste produced by chemical industries, which would locate close to the site to minimize costs and risks involved in transporting hazardous waste from production to storage facilities. We're talking about a plan that would transform not only Warren County, but North Carolina into a hazardous production and waste storage capital. A significant part of the American economy is based on chemical industries which contribute to the production of about 77 billion pounds of hazardous waste annually, only 10% of which is being stored at allegedly suitable sites by allegedly suitable methods. The rest is looking for a home. They can't find one because the technology of production has outpaced the technology of storage, meaning that waste production is creating storage problems which we really haven't been able to solve. Continuing with excerpts from my analysis, I wrote a letter to Governor Hunt on September 19 requesting that Warren County Manager Glenwood Newsom and I be notified at least two weeks before the beginning of excavation and or disposal procedures at the site. Hunt answered on October 1, 1979, in his usual style of administrative ambiguity, informing me that he would forward my letter to Secretary Burley Mitchell so that he would be aware of my request. If we get the governor's two-week PCB landfill notification, I will send the response of Warren County citizens to Governor Hunt and President Carter, assuming they're still in office, and to the news media, which will include the following points. Number one, that the two-week notification is needed so that Warren County citizens can meet in public assembly in the Warren County Courthouse and organize opposition as they did last December 26, 1978. Number two, that the sequence of events leading up to and including the state's acquisition of the Warren County site were acts of bad faith, acts of maximum deception, and that the site was not chosen for scientific reasons, but for political, industrial, and economic reasons. Number three, that the unsuitability of the site on the basis of its intrinsic geological characteristics means that the laws and safety regulations which were changed or created after the selection of the site can neither hide its intrinsic unsuitability nor serve as legal or scientific justification for use as a toxic or hazardous waste landfill. Number four, that the proposed waste depository is scientifically and technologically unsound especially within the context of the unsuitability of Warren County soil for the disposal of PCBs, and therefore would pose a continuous threat to the county's environmental security. Number five, that the Warren County PCB plan is a carcinogenic experiment, which is genocidal in essence and in effect, and is intended to be performed on a county against its will. The plan is, therefore, in violation of the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights and in violation of the moral and democratic principles which inform our nation. Number six, that the sale of the site for hazardous purposes involves risks to our lives, 
and to our human rights. Number seven, that the state precluded the Warren County government from building restraints into the deed, so the site has the potential to expand and lead to a proliferation of hazardous production and waste. Number eight, that the state can be under no doubt that Warren County citizens would consider with the utmost seriousness any movement toward the site for excavation or disposal purposes as a direct threat to our lives. And while we would do whatever is necessary to prevent the state from occupying the site, we would attempt to keep all channels of communication open in hope that the government would be persuaded to find another way. Number nine, that we will hold Governor Hunt and President Carter personally responsible for any harm to Warren County citizens. If a confrontation occurs, a confrontation would reflect a failure of leadership in time of crisis. The responses from the gubernatorial candidates were as follows. January 2, 1980, State of the North Carolina Office of the Governor. Dear Mr. Ferruccio, Thank you very much for writing to me about the PCB issue. I read this letter with interest, and I've passed it on to the appropriate members of my administration for consideration and action. Please do not hesitate to be in contact with me again. I appreciate your taking time to share this with me. My best personal regards. Sincerely, Jim Hunt. Republican candidate I. Beverly Lake Jr. responded to Ken's letter. December 12, 1979. Dear Mr. Ferruccio, Thank you very much for your letter of December 6, 1979 with enclosed materials and detailed analysis of the very complex problem of PCBs in North Carolina. You have given me a very in-depth treatise on this issue and certainly raised some very serious questions which must be appropriately answered in the very near future. These are very serious questions and the PCB problem in general must be appropriately and fairly answered and dealt with in the best interest of all concerned and without making Warren County a dumping ground for all toxic waste for all of North Carolina. Your letter and the materials sent will assist me materially in addressing this problem in the forthcoming campaign, and I much appreciate your taking the time to send it to me. I look forward to working with you on this and other issues of mutual concern in the future. With kindest regards, I am cordially I. Beverly Lake, Jr. Former Governor Scott's response was quite lengthy. January 10, 1980. Dear Mr. Ferruccio, thank you for your letter concerning the PCB issue in North Carolina and for your thoughts on the proposed Warren County Chemical Waste Depository. Since you are a member of the Warren County Citizens Concerned About PCB Committee, you are well aware of the indecisiveness and lack of initiative of the Hunt administration in the recent PCB dumping episode. I have said before and will emphasize to you that had I been governor at the time of the dumping, I would have done something. There is no excuse for a governor allowing a dangerous situation to pose a continuing threat to the health and well-being of a large number of the citizens of our state. PCBs are not the most toxic chemicals we have to contend with in our daily lives, although they have been proven to cause cancerous growth in many animals, including humans. The real danger from PCBs is the fact that they are the most abundant, Toxic chemicals man has produced in terms of quantity. 
DDT was banned several years ago because of its abundance in combination with its toxicity. And intense concentration of PCBs, such as those dumped along our highways, is dangerous because it can work in combination with background exposure that we all get every day in our water, food, and air. Concerning the PCB situation in North Carolina, I have researched the options of 1. Further treatment in place, 2. Incineration, 3. Hauling the material to an out-of-state site, 4. In-state disposal of the material. I would like to briefly summarize my thoughts on each option. Number 1. Further treatment in place. Polychlorinated biphenyls were created to withstand the stress of natural elements. They are not affected by chemical bonding with other elements, compounds, or mixtures. They never break down. The PCBs which were dumped on North Carolina highways are as toxic today as they were when they were dumped, and they will always retain their toxicity. The in-place treatment was done to stabilize the PCBs on the roadside shoulders. I see this as a temporary thing. Erosion of the soil by wind or water could carry the toxic chemicals into water supplies, agricultural land, and the air where danger to people is more likely. The only people in favor of permanent in-place treatment were the power companies. I am aware of the possibility of using microorganisms or some other method now in the research phase to permanently treat the PCBs. If any of these in-place treatments can be developed fast enough, I would consider them. Since their effectiveness has not been documented, it is not proper to consider them for a timely solution to the problem. Number two, incineration. The Environmental Protection Agency has adopted regulations as of July 1, 1979, which require that any compound with 50 parts per million or more concentration of PCBs be incinerated. The problem here is the lack of available technology. It is possible to burn small quantities of liquid material, but the thought of trying to burn 40,000 cubic yards of soil is simply not practical from a logistical or financial point of view. Number three, hauling the material to an out-of-state site. The state of Alabama never formally agreed to receive the material. The states of South Carolina and Georgia raised some question about transporting the material through their states, considering the possibility of an accident. The transportation would require 5,000 trips by large dump trucks over a distance of several hundred miles. The estimated cost is 6 to $12 million. I would not accept toxic waste from other states, so I would not propose to send our waste to some other state. Number four, in-state disposal of the material. The Environmental Protection Agency has made it clear that they cannot require the state to take any specific action on the handling of the PCB situation since the state is the victim of a crime in this case. Their recommendation is to dig up the contaminated material and bury it at an approved dump site. I've already expressed opposition to transferring the material across state lines, so it is inconsistent to say that I would oppose moving the material across county lines. Therefore, I draw the following conclusion. The PCB material has been on the highway right-of-way for almost two years now, but it's still a potent toxic chemical. It is foolish not to act even after so much time has elapsed. We are just now entering an age of chemical awareness, a fact which is supported by the concerns you expressed in your letter. There will come a time, probably in this decade, when we will have to provide dump sites for toxic waste all over the state and nation.
Most of the opposition to the Warren and Chatham County sites was voiced because material from other counties was to be trucked in and dumped, and there was no assurance that the sites would not be expanded and made into permanent dumping grounds for everyone's waste. Considering these conclusions and my knowledge of the situation, I take the following position, which I will act on after I am elected governor. First, sites will be selected in each of the affected 14 counties and approved by the county commissioners and the Environmental Protection Agency. If two or more counties can agree among themselves on a common site acceptable to all concerned, I will cooperate with such a local initiative. Second, the state will offer to purchase the sites, collect and bury the contaminated material, seal the sites for perpetuity, and establish permanent monitoring stations according to EPA requirements. Third, the sites will then be deeded to the counties. It will be up to the county government officials to decide whether the sites will ever be used again. I would point out again that county officials at some time in the future will probably have a need for toxic waste disposal sites. This plan will settle the PCB situation and also give 14 of our counties the option of having local dump sites for future use, if they so desire. I hope my plan merits your support. I will, of course, like to have your comments and any alternative solutions you might suggest. It is my belief that Warren County was chosen by the Hunt administration as the site for dumping the PCB problem because Warren has very few votes. But whatever the reason, I am opposed to Warren County or any other county being the sole depository for toxic waste for all the state. Thank you again for your interest and concern. Cordially, Robert W. Scott. Clearly, Governor Hunt and I. Beverly Lake Jr.'s responses to Ken's analysis were not at all substantive. Governor Scott, on the other hand, went out of his way to provide a candid and detailed response to Ken's analysis. Scott's initial point was that the Hunt administration was indecisive and lacked initiative in response to the PCBs on the roadside, and that there was no excuse for a governor allowing a dangerous situation to pose a continuing threat to the health and well-being of a large number of the citizens of the state. Scott mentioned his own multiple dump plan so that one county would not need to dump on another. His idea was that the state could build PCB landfills in each of the 14 counties, then deed the landfills to the counties. This way, the counties could have the option of having local dump sites for future use if they so desired. Scott pointed out that as we were entering an age of chemical awareness, there would come a time probably in this decade when we will have to provide dump sites for toxic waste all over the state and nation. Ken's analysis titled PCBs, Issues Without Answers, provided the gubernatorial candidates and the news media with a lot of food for thought. Scott's attempt to address the PCB crisis showed he hoped at least to appear that he supported a more democratic, equitable process. Scott could see from Ken's warning about impending confrontation between Warren County citizens and the state that the issues of hazardous waste disposal were complicated and could be incendiary. Scott also said that he believed Warren County was chosen by the Hunt administration as the site for the dumping of the PCB problem because Warren had very few votes. Of course, we knew there were a number of considerations in Governor Hunt's decision to bury the PCBs in Warren County. In our next episode, we'll share what the state's property officer later said about the Warren County PCB landfill site selection process. Please join us next time. Thanks for listening.